Like a deer in the headlights or gum in your hair, what got you here will not get you there. Join us as business owners get unstuck in real time on the business building struggles we all share. Welcome to the Business Breakthrough Podcast. And here's your host, Esty Rand. Welcome to episode 73 of the Business Breakthrough Podcast. My guest today is Alex M. White. Alex, welcome to the show. Thank you. Super happy to be here. Well, we are really happy to have you. Guys, Alex M. White is the founder of Roots and Resolve, coaching and consulting organization dedicated to cultivating more resilient people, projects, and populations. And he has quite a lot of experience, real life experience with that. He is inspired by his own personal experiences, in fact, of being faced with uncertainty, fear, and hopelessness. And he has learned about what it means to cultivate courage in difficult times. As with many people of his generation, much of Alex's life has been directly impacted by living with climate change. From evacuating his family away from devastating wildfires to experiencing Hurricane Sandy, Alex is committed to climate reality advocates and seeks to build diverse, equitable, and inclusive climate movement. And among other deeply difficult challenges, which we're going to be chatting a little bit about today, um, one particular experience served as a catalyst for his work. Alex's wife, Lauren, was diagnosed with cancer at age 26 years old and given just three months to live back in 2013. And he's thrilled to say that Lauren is now cancer-free and living life to the fullest. That's a beautiful end to that story. Yeah, I uh, wake up every day just really grateful to have like a second chance and that I yeah, get to wake up next to my the love of my life. So it's, yeah, like no matter how things are going, like if, if I ever uh, next to me, you know, it's like, I've got that. That's pretty cool. Guys, I, I, do you feel the chills already? This is gonna be a very emotional episode. <laughs> <laughs> Advanced trigger warning, emotional episode coming. Um, so Alex, I'm fascinated. I do want to hear the, the journey of how you did this. And I think it's so valuable because it sounds like you took personal experiences and passion and you turned them into money, which is what I talk about all day long. Um, what, before you tell me how you did it, what gave you the courage to say, you know, I've had all these experiences. I'm going to go off on my own and make this into a business. Boy, I think it's really the, it's probably two things in particular. I think the first is, the resilience of my ancestors. And I think that's something every single person who's listening to this conversation right now, that no matter how down they get, you, you just look back, like resiliency is in your DNA. The fact that you're living and walking on this planet right now meant that the, the people that came before you knew what it took to survive, to get by. Not necessarily always thriving, but it's that's built into our DNA. So um, just personally, my ninth great grandfather, um, when he was 10 years old, um, uh, that is like when the Spanish arrived on the island of Guam. Uh, it was the first time uh, European colonizers had, had landed on a Pacific island. And by the time he turned 64 years old, um, he would have seen 93% of the Chamorro people perished. Um, so our people almost went extinct uh, in a single generation. Wow. And anytime I, th I think back to that, um, it's like, how do you how do you keep going when, um, like almost every single person you know has like been gone, like in a, in a single generation? But 
um, in the same, I mean, that got passed down generation after generation to my dad, who, um, I mean, he was born on November 7th, 1941. So a month before Pearl Harbor was attacked and the same day Pearl Harbor was attacked, uh, Guam was invaded. So he spent the first uh, years of his life in a concentration camp. Oh, and, wow. you know, I think about that as well. Um, and, you know, when you are, yeah, what, like, how do we, that when we're faced with, you know, um, life or death situations like that. And even, I think that's something too, of like our brains is, um, even if it is not that dire, our brains still like in a, you know, neurological biochemical way still respond to stress in a life or death type of thing. And, you know, what my dad has taught me and, and the quote that, um, actually that, uh, I always quote Dr. Kate Marble, who's a climatologist, what she says that, Courage, uh, we, we need courage, not hope. Courage is a resolve to do well without assurance of a happy ending. Um, so it's really that, I, that's the mantra I tell myself um, and that, that gets me through on a daily basis is, you know, even if I don't know that it's going to turn out well, I have to commit to doing the best I can, doing as well as I can, doing everything I possibly can um, even though there's no guarantee it's going to work out well, just because that is the right thing to do. I love that. And I think that's so cool. Like I know my grandma, I'm Jewish. My, my grandparents are all Holocaust survivors actually. Um, and they all saw, except for one grandfather, every single one lost their entire family. Um, and, and, and that grandfather, they, he, his siblings and his dad made it out and they lost their entire extended family. And, uh, and I know in, in many Jewish circles, right, we're, we're, I'm two generations removed from the Holocaust, right? So my kids are now three. And uh, I think there's always a choice where you go when you come. I don't want to say trauma because the word just gets overused. But let's say from, from the DNA, right, of, of people who face life or death situations, some people can fall into courage, like you're describing, and other people fall into victim mode everyone's out to get me. It's awful. Look how much awful stuff there has been. And I love this frame of like, it's not the awful stuff that has been. It's look what kind of survivor genes I've got. <laughs> like, whoa, oh, yeah. I'm of the line that made it through this thing. Absolutely. Oh man, I got some serious stuff going for me. <laughs> totally. I mean, what a gift, like what a gift, like, like, thank you ancestors like thank you for like everything you did so that i could have the life i have today um you know and i think it's yeah the the word gets overused but there's that um that really like landmark study that was done um in new york and blanking on the scientists now but it's easy to look up um they did that study of um mothers who were pregnant during 9 11 um and they they found they found that kids that were born um like 70 percent of them like were born with like a stress disorder oh wow so, so it's absolutely <laughs> i think yeah you know and it's and it's, so it actually it's in our genes it's in our dna you know that the, what happened to you know the people that came before us um that absolutely has an impact on how we are today so yeah, we were carrying around that luggage, you know, like our, we have like ancestral luggage that we're carrying with us. And yeah, we do have a choice of like, what are we like, what are we going to be 
what will we do with this like this one precious gift of life and like and the luggage that we're carrying around you know it's it's both a source of strength and a, and a source of things that we need to be really mindful totally i like that so so you had this idea right you went through the different natural disasters you went through the situation with your wife with the really awesome happy ending how did you then go and say, okay, I'm going to make this a business? Like, what do you do? What did you, what were you doing before that? Like, tell me like the, how, right? What was that point <laughs> yeah. where you went from like, this is important to now I make money with it? Yeah. You know, it's, um, I, yeah, since this is all about building, building business, like I will, I'm going to be completely transparent the whole time. I have a business strategy. I did not know how I was going to make money. Um, really what it was, it was, we had the, um, the paradise campfires out here in Northern California, um, last year in November, 2018 and, uh, worst air quality in the entire world. Um, it was like, I remember that. I remember yeah. like my, everything on my front porch had like this layer of dust of ash right. on it. And I'm, I'm not that close to it. And like, yeah, couldn't go outside. It was coughing all the time. I do remember that. That was not fun. Yeah. No, and and it's like it was equipped moving like smoking a twelve pack of cigarettes a day. Oh my um, gosh, that's like what the air quality was, um, and it. I, I'll never forget this um, image of uh, driving to work and seeing uh, school children holding hands with gas masks on, and it was like wow. a scene out of an apocalyptic film. And I went into work, and at the time. Um, uh, you know, I'd spent the last five years working in tech. I worked at Google and Google Glass, and um, cool. that's where I got started as a user experience researcher and designer. So um, we can touch into that, but just for the purpose of this story, um, you know, uh, literally seeing the world on fire around me and then going in and we were talking um, about buttons for real estate software. And like, <laughs> yes, like, you know, it's, um, the incongruity it, must've been enormous. Yeah. And, and it's not a knock. Like we, you know, we're all doing jobs that we need to like, either for a paycheck, like, yeah, real estate agents need like really functional software to do their job so they can support their family. Like not a knock on that. For me personally, though, I might, I can't hold these two things at the same time of, you know, um, and it was around the same time that the, that uh, IPCC report came up of saying that like we have like 12 years to really change the way that we're living and engaging with each other um, uh, uh, before like ecologically induced social collapse. And so it's like, ah, I can't, I can't sit on the sidelines anymore. And it's really, the bottom line was I woke up with the same sense of urgency uh, about what's happening to our world as the when my wife was given three months to live. Uh, and so I knew that I, I, it was no longer really a choice of whether or not I was going to engage in this work. It was just a matter of, um, you know, those were, those were the cards that were dealt. It's like, this is the reality of the world we live in. Um, and I can either continue to operate business as usual, go with the status quo, go to work, have catered lunches, uh, you know, get a paycheck, um, spend my day looking at a screen or radically like uproot ev like 
every sense of stability for myself to really start living a life on purpose and really making choices that are directly serving the greater good, not this kind of more abstracted, like trying to find value and meaning in, in the work I was doing. That's amazing. Okay. I, I hear that as the turning point. And then what? Right. Cause a lot of people, you know, they'll have that inspired moment where like, oh, I've got to do this, you know, and then, you know, they wrap it in blankets. It's like, it's all that, that alarm clock, you know, alarm goes off and, and let's say it's broken. You can't turn it off. So like, you know, you wrap it in a blanket and you wrap it in a towel and you stick it in the pillow and you stick it in the closet. Yeah. And, that, and that's what a lot of people do with their conscience in general. Um, especially sometimes, you know, when an idea comes and it's, as you say, we, we react though with that fight or flight feeling, um, even when it's not a life or death situation. So when our, our perceived security is threatened even by ourselves, right? Like we have an idea that threatens our secure job, right? Or our secure way of running our business even, right? We got, we got to change something and like, oh no, but if I change it, then maybe the whole thing will fall apart and, you know, and, and people get scared and then they just move on. So when you had this idea and you had this passion, then what'd you do with it? Because it doesn't sound like you had business training. It sounds like you were hanging out in tech. So like, then what? Yeah, I mean, really, the I'd say the number one thing is I, I had a coach, um, Matt Gagnon, uh, who anyone's on LinkedIn, uh, just really, it was really, you know, he said like, okay, when are you going to put a date on the calendar? Like, what's your last day? Um, and I, you know, said, uh, I'd give my notice, like first week of December, and then, you know, I would leave at the end of the year. Um, and so I just made that, made that commitment. I had a coach that he's like, you know, you've been, you've been talking about leaving tech for months now, like longer. I mean, it's, you know, really, um, I've been wanting to make that move uh, for a really long time. Mm -hmm. um, and it was really looking back at my answers, looking back at my own dad um, when he was 18 years old and a seat opened up on a plane uh, and he had like three hours to pack before he like boarded a flight to America, completely oh, wow. by himself, no plan, like 10 bucks in his pocket, a suitcase and like a 20 pound bag of rice. Cause he didn't know if there was like rice in the States, like in the <laughs> mainland. Um, and you know, it's, and so, I mean, I kind of, it's, it was really just for my dad, like dad, how did you, um, how did you get by? Like how, like, how did you have that courage? Like, how did you have that like resolve to, to go? Um, and it's just this really like, oh, sorry, I'm kind of like. It's okay. Getting, Maybe yeah. it's like you're doing what you're meant to be doing. You're living your life's purpose. It's not, it's about the journey, not the destination. Like this is what I need totally. to be doing. It's not about where I'm going to land. This is just what I need to do right now. Yeah. And that's it. You know, I'd say for like everyone too. I mean, and I want to, like really laid out there because I think that's something that I am um, it's why it's one of the things that's been difficult about building a business is that so many people talk about um you know like this this very kind of like rugged hyper individualism and everything like that and like frankly like I don't I don't if I didn't have the partner and the family and the community that I had I don't think I would have been able to do this like it's really because of the support network and because I had um, someone else who believed in me that that I was able to take this step. Um, 
so I, you know, and I have like, you know, I have like the immense privilege of like having a, a home and good health and like we don't have kids, you know, there's like so many factors. So I just like really, that's, that's something that I don't hear enough of like people acknowledging that it's like they're, it's not just all on themselves to figure everything out. It's not like they, they don't, they're not successful just because of their own like mindset or determination. Like we are all interdependent and interconnected. So like my success is so much based on the fact that I had just a like, com- like huge groundswell of support of people who, who believed in me without even knowing what my business was yet, believing in me that I think that's really what gave me the confidence and then having like, you know, a coach, like someone who wasn't a family member, who wasn't a friend, who just had my dreams and my hopes as like the core of their agenda and holding me accountable to that. Um, so I'd say like, that's definitely what was that main catalyst. And then I'll say the, the very, so I'd say the first three hires I had for my business, first was a coach, second was branding, and then uh, third was a lawyer. So that's like, yeah. <laughs> Good order. Yeah. Coach to make sure you get started, branding to make sure it looks good, and then Laura to make sure no one messes you up. <laughs> yeah, yep. Love it. So what does the business do now? That is, um, so right now, it's really focused on coaching and training organizations, communities, and individuals to identify courage-based solutions for more resilient and fulfilling future. Um, so Sounds like so many tagline. buzzwords. Like, yeah, it's yeah. a cool tagline. It's a lot of buzzwords. What does it mean and who buys that? And what do they buy it for? Yeah, that is, I'm going to tell you, like, I am absolutely figuring it out. You know, okay. that's something. Um, and, you know, and this is me still clumsy. I mean, it's funny if I lay all of the podcasts that I've done, I like will have given you a different answer. Like, you know, what my business was in December versus January versus March to today, it is rapidly iterating. Um, just constantly trying to figure out, um, you know, I think it's, we, uh, yeah, I'm <laughs> just like some like advice, like anyone out here who's starting their business or thinking about it, like, um, man, like the, just these things I have to get off my chest. First is like, it's going to take two to three times longer than you think it is. And it's going to cost like two or three times more. Like that's number one, like, <laughs> like business advice I have for people. And then, um, uh, and then, you know, second is that it's like, we have this dream. We have this hope, like we're so in love with like this idea we have, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's like, what people are going to buy or that it makes sense to anyone else. Um, and Correct. so it's yeah. every day, like all day long. <laughs> yeah. Because, and, and when you go out into the session, you come from such a place of passion of wanting to help. And then you enter the marketplace and people are like, yeah, we don't care. <laughs> like we're busy. We're making money. We got stuff to do. Um, and then you realize, Oh, I have to actually sell you something that you want. <laughs> that solves a problem you already recognize you have, unless I want to be so genius as to create a problem that you don't realize you have, um, which is, which is super next level. That is what marketers like myself do. But, um, but in general, we don't, and it's not that you create a problem, right? So like best, one of the best classic examples is toothpaste. 
right? Toothpaste solved a problem people didn't really realize they had. They were losing their teeth because they weren't brushing them and keeping them clean and keeping them healthy. Um, but it was not a thing. At <laughs> right? hundred years ago, no one brushed their teeth ever. There was like commercialized toothpaste. All of that started not that long ago. And the genius marketer who anchored people on it and, and the put baking soda in the toothpaste, so you'd feel a tingle and say, hey, if you don't feel that tingle, if you feel that film, your mouth is dirty. Like that was a problem no one realized they had. No one thought their mouth was dirty. No yeah. one thought that was a problem. <laughs> no Absolutely. one realized they needed a tingle to feel better. And totally it in that vein. Tingle. That tingle is bonus. That's just a marketing tactic. Yeah. And I think on like somewhere along that spectrum too. So there's problems that people aren't aware of. And then there's problems that people are actively avoiding because it's overwhelming. And, and I think so often too, it's like people, when there's something really, you know, looming there, uh, it's, you know, just as like a survival mechanism, like we are reactive rather than proactive. So many of us. So I think that is, and that's exactly like what, um, you know, like first failure was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to be a climate change coach. Like I'm going to coach people who are freaking out about climate change. The fact of it is though, is like people that are freaking out, like are like already aware, you know, and they're kind of like already like alone enough that like, they're they not don't really need it and they don't <laughs> really care to pay for it. Exactly. Yeah. And then, and then people, and then there's a large public that like, I don't think about that. Like, I, I mean, the reality of like here in the U.S. right now, the Federal Reserve came out with a report at the end of May that like 40% of Americans don't have $400 to their name to cover an emergency. And then we got 80% of like the U.S. who's living paycheck to paycheck, no disposable income. So if, I mean, that means that like, and that that was one of my things like, oh man, like the the other thing too is being hyper idealistic, the people that I really wanted to serve was people on the front lines of, um, you know, doing work like in, you know, mental health care or justice work or things like that, um, as well as like returned Peace Corps volunteers or people who had been, um, are like chronic health warriors or their caregivers. Those are the populations that I feel the most connected to. I feel the largest affinity. But the problem is, is that they don't have discretionary income to like really afford coaching services. When you're living paycheck to paycheck and you're just trying to get food on the table and make rent, do you, can you really afford, like, do you have the time, the space, everything to like think about like the existential no, crisis that's of climate my, change? that's Maslow's hierarchy, right? If yeah. you're stuck in basic needs, you're not even looking at the love and, and, and connection needs. For, forget about the idealistic and self-development needs at the top. Oh, totally. Um, totally not. So then, then what happens? Yeah. So, um, so what I started doing is, um, and again, this is of being a solopreneur, um, not really having the resources to, um, I had about like a six month runway. So like, and full transparency, like it is run out and I am like scrambling right now. You know, it's, I mean, I, to the point where right now, um, I converted the 401k that I had in tech for um, the past four years to like a self-directed 401k and like, please like talk to a lawyer, talk to people like a financial planner. This is not financial advice at all. But what I'm doing is taking my 401k and then borrowing from my 401k, like just to keep me financially solvent for like a few more months to until I can get like, you know, my- You gotta find the value client. proposition. Who yeah. wants to pay for this? That, that's still the missing link here.
You've been listening to the Business Breakthrough Podcast with SD Rand. If you're looking for a breakthrough in your business, reach out at sdrand.com slash breakthrough to be a guest on the show. Everyone's got a business struggle. What's yours?